Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the latest episode of the Invez podcast. I'm Dan Ashmore, financial analyst here at Invez. And today I'm joined by Alan Ranzel, who is founder of Filecoin Green, who work with Filecoin to uh, measure the environmental impact of it and, and try drive it down below as low as possible. Is that a fair introduction, Alan? Yeah, 100%. Cool. So, um, yeah, how are you today? Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, doing really well. Uh, happy to Happy to be here. Cool. Where are you dialing in from? In uh, outside of Seattle. On a, ah, on the nice. Island. Yeah. Nice, nice. Um, okay, so maybe just to start, what is Filecoin? So Filecoin is a decentralized storage network. So it is a cryptocurrency where you can use Filecoin, the currency, to pay people to store files for you. The goal of Filecoin from the beginning to turn the idea of proof of work on its head. In proof of work, which is one of these more famous cryptocurrency mechanisms, uh, nodes in the network solve these mathematical puzzles that ultimately aren't very useful. The goal of Filecoin has always been to allow people to do something useful in order to secure the network. In this case, it is to store files for others or store data, add data storage capacity to the network, which can then be used by anyone who wants to store data in Web3. Okay, that's that's a pretty good explanation of it. And obviously, proof of work to kind of circle around to the topic here, it, it has drawn criticism in a lot of quarters for the immense electricity consumption that's necessary to solve these mathematical puzzles that, that you talk about. Um so where does Filecoin Green come into all this? So Filecoin launched in late 2020 and it started growing extremely quickly. So right now it's about one twelfth the data storage capacity of Amazon Web Services. Um, so it, it rapidly started becoming this, this pretty large fraction of overall data stored in data centers around the world. And so we started asking how much energy is Filecoin using and what is the impact on climate? And what can we do to try to reduce that impact? With Filecoin, because you're using energy to do something useful, you're using it to store data and give people access to that data, you're never going to get that energy use um, to zero, right? Because it takes energy to store files. It takes energy to prove that those files are being stored over time. So there's a lot that we can do to make the network more efficient. But it was really clear from the beginning that we needed to do something else, something like connecting the network with renewable energy in order to lower the environmental impacts of Filecoin. So that was the genesis of Filecoin Green. We started the project by just trying to use information on the Filecoin blockchain to understand what the electricity use of Filecoin is and how that electricity use is distributed throughout the world. So we started by taking individual nodes on the network, looking at how much data they're storing, looking at how much data they're onboarding onto that network and how quickly, and use that to determine what the electricity use of that node is. We can then use the IP address of that node to determine where in the world it is. And we get this picture of the energy use of this decentralized storage network across the world. So we can tell you how much electricity is being used in the US in different states in the US, um, in the UK, in you know, France and China, like all of these different regions in which this network is using electricity, we can tell you what that electricity is. And what that means is that we can then start to connect the network with renewable energy. In Web3 and in crypto, we have this ethos of wanting to make things publicly verifiable. 
we really want you to be able to see not just what the emissions are or whether the network is using renewable energy, but we want to allow you to really dig down into the details. I think this is a common issue with a lot of corporate ESG claims is that maybe they'll say, we bought offsets and they'll give you a little bit of information about what the projects they're financing are, but they won't tell you the details of exactly what are we paying for, how much um, you know, how, how many tons of carbon um, are, are involved in that in sort of a granular way. They won't tell you this particular project that we financed is exactly this fraction of the overall offsets that we're, we're buying, for example. And so with Filecoin Green, because we have this ethos of public verifiability and transparency, and we want to allow people to understand in a granular amount of detail what the impacts are and what we're doing to reduce those impacts, we um, allow anyone who's who's interested to look at the renewable energy that's being purchased by the network and how that's being matched to individual nodes. And so what this means when you connect it to file storage is if you're storing data on Filecoin, you can see which nodes are storing that data. You can see what their energy use is. And then you can see specifically if they're buying renewable energy, where are they buying renewable energy from? down to the level of this individual solar farm or wind farm is providing the renewable energy that I'm using to store my data on Filecoin. And so that's the core of Filecoin Green, is to build those tools so that we can understand and prove what the environmental impacts of storage on Filecoin are, and also to build those tools in a robust way so that other projects can start using them, um, whether they store on Filecoin or not. Okay, that's very interesting. When you say like build these tools so that other cryptocurrencies and or, or projects can use them, like is there an equivalent here for Bitcoin, say, or has there been any interaction on that side? Because obviously, like it, I feel like it's the most uh, covered topic in crypto, like the energy consumption of of Bitcoin and their proof of work mechanism. Yeah, so there are a bunch of different projects that are working to do green bitcoin mining some of those are individual bitcoin nodes others are platforms that are aiming to to connect bitcoin to renewable energy one of the places that we work a lot is in the ethereum ecosystem and we work in particular with a company called zero labs that were um that we're we're using to make those verifiable claims so when you look at data stored on Filecoin and you want to know where is the renewable energy coming from in order to store that data, one of the ways you can do that is through the Zero Labs platform, which takes renewable energy certificates and tokenizes them. And you can, they, they store that data on Filecoin. They store that data about what the renewable energy is and where it comes from, but you can be whatever platform you want. So a lot of people in Ethereum are starting to use Zero Labs in order to decarbonize parts of the Ethereum, um, parts of the Ethereum blockchain. And so that's an example of taking this energy use that, that you know about, right? Which is, which is in one of these projects, one of these, these sort of, um, you know, large cryptocurrency networks like, uh, like Ethereum or Bitcoin, and then coming up with an electricity use number and then connecting that directly, not just to a certain amount of renewable energy, but to renewable energy that comes from this one specific project and being able to, to take all those details and push those throughout the entire supply chain. Okay, so it, it kind of helps with information then a lot as well as kind of reducing it because I know it's it, it's often 
a, a massive back and forth when certain energy figures come out, like say, again, Bitcoin's just always the most prominent, like, oh, Bitcoin's energy consumption is X or, oh, but the renewables Y and it's not that bad. And then kind of this, all this back and forth. So it, 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 are you trying to like, maybe, I guess, come to some sort of consensus and verify a lot of the information going around in, in that regard as well? Yeah, hundred percent. I think that we believe very strongly that whenever we make any sort of sustainability claim, we should be able to prove that claim really rigorously. And that's okay. the angle that come to this with, especially, you know, from Falcon Green is we, um, my, my background is in materials engineering and power systems. And so we're really trying to build tools that allow you to make extremely well substantiated rigorous claims about um, your, your energy use and your environmental impacts. And then as, as you, you know, brought it to that information component of this, I think that's a huge issue not just in Web3 and crypto, but in the broader sustainability space. If you think about how environmental reporting is done or sustainability reporting is done, and you try to imagine how that information is passed through the economy, generally because this reporting process takes a lot of effort and takes a long time, these companies only issue these environmental reports every year or so. And what that means is that if I'm a company and I'm trying to understand what my environmental impact is. And I'm using data that comes from one of my suppliers and those suppliers only update every year. I'm going to be using old information about the emissions intensity of the products I'm buying from them because they just don't update it very quickly. And then if I then only update my environmental reporting every year, then by the time that information filters through me to my customers, that information is going to be more than a year old, right? And so every hop through this value chain takes another year, which means that we're always systematically working with old information when we try to understand what the environmental impact is of different products in our, our value chain, right? Or products that are at the end of a long value chain. And if you think about this issue where information takes a year per hop along the value chain, and you try to imagine the length of these value chains and consider that the IPCC, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, tells us we have eight years to half emissions across the economy. You really see like this information issue is a huge problem, not just in Web3, but in sustainability reporting generally. And so that's something we think a lot about is how can we use the type of rapid feedback that we get in a lot of these crypto systems and a lot of these, these distributed live systems that are passing information between each other very quickly, how can we just start building that type of sustainability information into all of these transactions that happen so we can ultimately start passing that information through supply chains in minutes, not in months? That's actually a very, very fair point. And I, I haven't really thought about before, like the lag in data um and, and i guess that do you think that's like a massive advantage of being able to tokenize these things and i guess the un inherent blockchain technology because the biggest questions i always find in in this space no matter what you're talking about is what is actually the point of putting this on a blockchain or what i guess is crypto solving about this issue yeah exactly so when we interact with any part of the economy we are part of the distributed system but most of our accounting practices try to ignore that fact, right? We, we tend to build financial and environmental accounting based on this sort of walled garden model in which 
we can easily set operational and organizational boundaries. And we sort of concern ourselves with what's in those boundaries and try to sort of abstract away everything that's outside. And that's a very sort of Web2 set of design principles for, um, for trying to optimize your system and understand really what's going on in your system. But we try to, we, we, I think that's, that model is broken for understanding how information flows through these much more distributed, much more complex systems that we're part of. And so the way that we work with data in Web3 is, is based on that from the beginning. We sort of assume that we're part of a distributed system and we work from there. And that's, that's really like you're saying, when we take a lot of these environmental attributes and we tokenize them, we store them on Web3 native storage tools, we're able to publicly verify that data much more easily and rapidly without making the assumption that it's part of this walled garden um, in which your, your verification methods are just completely different, right? So if you, if you imagine um, a... Uh, if you imagine a set of environmental accounting practices that start from the assumption that we're all part of this, the set of distributed systems in the economy and just work from there in terms of how we're going to take that information, pass it through different companies, different entities, different projects, process it, and then prove that that processing was done correctly and then pass that information to the next entity. I think that's really what we're starting to see Web3 unlock in sustainability accounting. And I think we're really going to be able to get to that place where we're able to pass this information through from company to company much, much more rapidly than we can in the walled garden model um, and do that in a way that makes the data more publicly verifiable than we can um, if we're just emailing spreadsheets to each other, which is sort of the way it's done today. Yeah, that's uh, it's kind of tough to argue with it when you, when you put it that way. Um... Uh, what about the actual like numbers here? So uh, what kind of renewable split are you seeing on Filecoin? Yes, yeah, so Filecoin, um, so if you if you want the details on Filecoin electricity use, you can go to filecoin.energy. This is a dashboard that we put together to um, to allow anyone who's interested to see what is the overall energy use of Filecoin based on those proofs I talked about earlier on how much energy nodes are, are, um, are using to store data on the blockchain. And you can get an idea on that dashboard of what the energy use is overall for the network. You can get an idea if you dial in an individual node, say you're storing data with a node on the network and you want to understand the energy use of that node, you can plug that, that, the idea of that node in and see their energy use profile over time. And then you can also see renewable energy purchases for the network and for individual nodes. So far, the network has purchased over 1.8 uh, terawatt hours of renewable energy. So it's a, it's a huge amount of renewable energy and it is all over the world. Um, a lot is in Europe, a lot is in Asia, a lot is in the US. Um, there's some in Australia. And that renewable energy is really focused in the areas where um, storage capacity is on the network. So there's a lot of, um, there's, there's a, a, a huge amount of the network is in China, for example. There's a, a lot of um, a wind power, um, some hydro, a fair amount of solar that's being purchased in China. And if you, if you want to see all the breakdown on, 
you know, for individual nodes and their um, their renewable energy purchases, you can go to filecoin.energy and click through, look at the, the renewable energy use, compare that to their overall energy use, and then click through to the Zero Labs interface where you can actually download the renewable energy certific certificates themselves, which prove that this node, say, procured wind from this individual wind farm. And you can look at the certificate. You can see how much energy was produced by that wind farm and sold to that Filecoin node. You can see when that energy was produced and, um, and who produced it. That is pretty fascinating. Like, I'm just looking at it here. It's very cool. So you can actually see, like, yeah, came, this node came from that wind car. That's crazy. <laughs> how does that even work? Yeah, so we, we've been tapping into the existing renewable energy uh, markets that allow you to issue what's called a renewable energy certificate or a REC, which proves that you supported renewable energy by purchasing, like I said, you know, this, this amount of this many megawatt hours, say, of wind power from this particular wind farm that was produced you know, over this particular date range. And so a lot of these tools that we've built so far have just taken the type of information that was already available in these markets, but wasn't being passed to the end user and building the tools to actually pass them to that end user, you know, the person who's storing on Filecoin and wants to understand where is the, the energy that's being used to store my data coming from. And so, you know, that's an example, right, of, of taking, taking data that could be passed all the way through the supply chain, but just wasn't because of how these systems were being designed and just going that extra mile to really push it all the way from the very start to the very end of that of that value chain and allow you to, to get this more sort of granular verifiable view about what your environmental impacts are then the the next step to all of this is that we are working with nodes in the network on this auditing process where say if they have have put solar on their roof for example so there's a, a filecoin storage provider called descent storage um, that recently installed solar on their roof, and they're also installing a battery system. So we are working with them and, and other, other nodes in the network to be able to submit power bills to an auditor to say not just what this energy use estimate is based on my on-chain activity, but allow them to say precisely what my energy use was during this given month, and then compare that energy use to the actual energy produced on their roof by their solar cells. So they can go to this auditor, they can prove that they installed the solar system, they can show them the certificate that an electrician installed that, that system properly. And then they can actually get the data from that solar inverter and make that public. The auditor can compare information from all of these different sources and sign off that it's accurate. And then we can plug that information into the same system that you're looking at on filecoin.energy. So we can allow people to not just tap into existing renewable energy markets and actually get access to all the information that they should have but wasn't getting to them before, but go the extra mile and allowing you to say, okay, in this 15-minute period, the energy used to store my data came you know, entirely from the solar array that was on the roof of the storage fighter. Or during this other 15-minute period, it came you know, 30% from that solar array and 70% from the local power grid and get an idea of what the, uh, what the emissions intensity of electricity from that power grid is. So there's a huge amount that we can do and are, are working on in order to give you access to you know, data that is far, far more granular than the data that 
you would typically get access to um, if you're if you're you know storing data with a large cloud provider, and then build those tools like we've been talking about to take all of that and push that as far as you can through supply chains to allow anyone to say, okay, if I decide to go with supplier A versus supplier B, what is the effect of that going to be on my environmental impact using data that was generated you know minutes ago, not months or years ago? That's very cool. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of just fascinated at the side here. I'll, I'll throw the side in the, in the description for any listeners who want to see it. I'm, I'm a bit of a chart junkie anyway, but it's, it, it is like you say, it's cool that all that public information, publicly available information is just kind of collated and presented. Um, so that can be sifted through. Um, and ju- just to elaborate, like, so, cause it's kind of hard to get away from what, what is your take overall then on, on this massive ESG Bitcoin energy debate? Like, do you think Bitcoin can continue to become more renewable or do you think it's kind of the devil and that it's, it's boiling the oceans and all this? Like what is super general question, obviously, but like what, what's your overall take there? Yeah, I think that the environmental impacts of Bitcoin are real. And any analysis that we do about those environmental impacts should really be grounded in data that's as publicly verifiable as possible. So we should be able to get the, you know, if there are renewable energy claims, we should be able to get proof of those renewable energy claims and use those as the basis for all of our our discussions around, um, you know, what the environmental impacts of, of Bitcoin are. So for example, renewable energy certificates that are are made publicly available. So I think I think that's a piece of it is that we should be as clear and rigorous and publicly verifiable as we possibly can be about those environmental impacts. And then I, I do think that the environmental impacts as I said of Bitcoin are real and we should try to reduce them um, any way we can. And I think Bitcoin is at one end of a spectrum of different Web3 technologies in terms of how its environmental impacts are connected to the needs of its community. So whenever we are building a product or whenever we, we have a community that needs to get a particular thing done, Ethereum is a good example of a community that said, okay, we need a network that has these properties we could get those properties through proof of work, or we could get those properties through this other much less energy intensive system called proof of stake. And so we're going to put a lot of effort into implementing this proof of stake system, which they, they put a huge amount of engineering and, and you know worked very thoughtfully on this for many years in order to um, successfully um, upgrade the network from proof of work to proof of stake last month. And they were really able to say, okay, here are the goals of my community. Here are different ways of achieving those goals and let's steer toward a less environmentally um, or a more environmentally efficient way of, of getting all of those goals done. And they did it, right? And so that's, that's a huge sort of milestone in the history of deep decarbonization in which you know, the, the correct way to decarbonize a business or a community is to try to understand it in sort of granular, verifiable detail where your impacts are coming from and then think creatively about how you can reduce them as much as possible and track your progress over time. And I think, you know, Ethereum implementing proof of stake and having their energy use plummet overnight by more than 99% is, you know, a, a great example of, of deep decarbonization there. 
And what we really aim to do is to give people the tools that they need to understand what their environmental impacts are so that they can deeply decarbonize based on really good data and do that in a way that's publicly verifiable so they know that the data they're working with is good. And then when they um, put this effort in to decarbonize and to deeply decarbonize, they can prove to other people what the impacts of their actions were. Yeah, I, I think you've hit the nail on the head there with, with a lot of your discussion about Ethereum and its goals and swapping over because I, I think it is a, a completely different, uh, it's a completely different kettle fish when you talk about Bitcoin and its goals, like being that it, like the ultimate decentralization is so important there and like it, it's kind of striving towards being a store of value rather than that. So it's a lot more nuanced to a, a debate, but it is interesting when you say about like the verified info, because like I was saying earlier, that that's often what, what I kind of get as a sort of an outsider or not an outsider, but as in like, I'm obviously not as close to the, the green energy side of things as you are. So it's kind of, I find myself getting frustrated a little bit. It's like, what info can I believe? What, like who's saying the right thing? Like what studies are better than others? So it, it's definitely important work that you're doing and it, 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 cryptocurrency kind of needs it. Uh, so I really see it from that point of view. Um, and what about like, so what about Filecoin itself? Um, what's Filecoin's plan in the future? Like just even moving beyond like green energy. So it's still obviously one of the biggest cryptocurrencies in the world. I think it's ranked 33 or something at the moment. Um, how, how do you see Filecoin progressing? Yeah, so we are feeling really good about the level of transparency that we're bringing to our energy use now. So, you know, in, in Filecoin.energy, allowing people to see how much energy the, the network is using based on these, these estimates from on-chain file storage proofs, and then allow people to see precisely where the renewable energy is coming from to power the network. And so there are a few different prongs to what we see going forward with Filecoin. So the first is being able to connect more of the network with renewable energy that has um, has production time of production information associated with it. So this is um, if you if you follow the um, if you follow the work of Energy Tag or any of these sort of granular certificate programs, that's a huge um, a huge push in the industry to move toward twenty four seven power, in which you can see you know not just over a month timescale or a quarter or a year, what the energy use nets out to, but actually see hour by hour or 15 minute period by 15 minute period, how much renewable energy is being produced um, and, and consumed by the network um, in, in comparison to the amount of energy that the network is using. And so that's a huge prong of what we're, we're aiming to do. We think that the, again, the way we work with data in Web3 and use um, use data to, you know, drive these these crypto networks and to to you know run all of these algorithmic markets. Like those sorts of tools are perfectly positioned to allow us to um, to to you know uh, uh, match the network energy used to renewable energy in a way that's that's much more granular and much more verifiable than the tools that exist now. So that's one of the prongs is pushing the network toward this, these more granular energy use claims. Another major prong of the network um, uh, sustainability initiative is to work with individual nodes to make it really clear what they can do to lower their environmental impacts. And that is not just this sort of one-sized-fits-all approach that can be 
you know, solved once and then applied to all of these individual storage providers. What you should do in to decarbonize your own operation and to reduce your environmental impacts is is very contextual, right? It's it's dependent on what your um, what your goals are as as a company, what resources you have access to, where in the world you are. Can you move from a grid that's dirtier to a grid that's cleaner? We're working with storage providers on this technology called immersion cooling, which allows you to drastically reduce the amount of electricity you need in a data center in order to cool your hardware. Um, we're looking at um, the materials that things like server racks are made from. There's a project working to um, to produce server racks based on bioavailable materials. So, so uh, PLA, which is a type of polymer that can be made from corn, um, rather than from steel to lower the embodied emissions in your hardware. Um, and um, so there's, there's a bunch of initiatives like that to really dig deep into what the um, what the environmental impacts are of both the electricity use side, but also the hardware side of different storage fighter operations and really allow them to reduce their energy use and their environmental impacts as much as possible. And then to, to prove that they're able to do that. And so that's really sort of the infrastructure that the information infrastructure that we see as being crucial to decarbonizing Filecoin and other crypto networks and other businesses in a way that's really deep. Um, right. So allow people to reach in and get this detailed view of what all of our impacts are, look at each of those impacts, see how we can reduce them. Um, and then once we've done that work, be able to prove to our um, our investors and our customers that we've actually done that work and put in the effort to, to decarbonize these systems. OK, yeah, cool. Um, and maybe just I, I know we're, we're, we're running out of time here, but. One final question, uh, which is just super topical. So I'm, I'm calling here from Europe, which is obviously a little bit worse than the, the US, given you guys are a little more uh, energy or you're not as dependent on energy imports. But how does the energy crisis fit into all this? Like, is it is that a setback in the, the move towards renewables and that like people are just uh, so caught up in the, the spiraling energy costs? Or is that impact kind of uh, over with regards to renewables and crypto? Yeah, I mean, certainly at a, at a macro level, um, you know, what, what's happening in Europe um, and, you know, switching to, to burn more coal um, is, is mm. not good for the environment, clearly. And, you know, all these, these sort of fossil fuel subsidies, um, you know, it's, it's a really, it's an it's a awful situation to be in, right? Because people, people need to heat their houses, people need electricity. Um, and so yeah. you want to you help them out as a government. Um, but the, uh, much of the infrastructure that we have to do that now is based on, on fossil fuels. I think that what we are seeing, at least in the Filecoin network, as one of the ways that the electricity crisis is, is really affecting this is by driving solar batteries and energy efficiency. So we're talking to storage providers in Europe and working with, with SPs in Europe who are seeing their energy prices over the past year, year and a half increase by more than a factor of 10. This is, you know, significantly affecting their business. And so the way they're responding to that is, is things like installing batteries um, and solar. So they're able to produce more solar than they need during the day, store that in a battery, and then um, use some of that energy at night and not have to buy as much from the power grid. So I do think that the electricity crisis is, or the, the energy crisis overall is, you know, it, it's a it's a very bad thing climate-wise in the short run, but I do think it can help provide an impetus 
both in our industry and, and hopefully more broadly to increase energy efficiency and to um, install more infrastructure that's going to allow us to, to decarbonize the economy, but not having, having to worry about these, but not having to rely on fossil fuels. Okay, yeah, that's that's a, I suppose somewhat of a positive way to look at it, which is good. Um, okay, yeah, uh, thanks for dialing in. I'll appreciate it. And uh, for any list, I will throw Filecoin down energy in the description and links to some other links to Filecoin and an article I'll write up on this. So, uh, yeah, cheers for joining, Alan. Yeah, thank you, Dan. It's a uh, really great talking to you.